Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. A Million Dreams is the theme that we've chosen for this whole Celebrate Women Week. And I want to read to you a beautiful passage of Scripture about one of the great ladies of the Bible. Believe it or not, regardless of what maybe you've ever heard, there's a lot of them in the Bible. And I could spend a whole message just talking about the great women of Scripture. Tonight as well, by the way, in the 5 p.m. service, my wife Rhonda again is going to be taking part of that. She's actually hosting a panel. And I am so genuinely looking forward to this night tonight. She's interviewing another, I think it's four ladies, about their journeys. I know these ladies and I know some of the obstacles that they've been through. There are some of them in their 20s, some a bit older, 30s, 40s. There'll be something there no matter what your generation is. And she's going to be interviewing them about what were the things that brought them out the other side of the obstacles that they faced. So if you know somebody that could benefit from that, invite them to come as your guest tonight, 5 p.m. service. Uh, just goes an hour and a half. You get home for dinner or whatever and be a part of that. It'll be a great night for sure. Let's give though Rhonda and Candice another big hand. That was so, so good. So, so good. Let's go in the book of Judges it is. And if you don't have a Bible, don't worry. It'll be up on the screen. You can follow on with us. This is Judges chapter 4. And it says, after Ehud's death, Ehud was one of the judges, one of the leaders of Israel. After his death, the Israelites again did evil in the Lord's sight. And so the Lord turned them over to King Jabin of Hazor, a Canaanite king. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Haresheth Hagoyim. Wow. Sisera had 900 iron chariots and he ruthlessly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth, was a prophet who was judging Israel at that time. She would sit under the palm of Deborah. You've got to be good when they name a tree after you. She's sitting under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites would go to her for judgment. One day she sent for Barak, son of Ahinoam, who lived in Kadesh in the land of Naphtali. She said to him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. Call out 10,000 warriors from the tribes of Naphtali and Zebulon and Mount Tabor, and I will call out Sisera, commander of Jabin's army, along with his chariots and warriors, to the Kishon River. There I will give you victory over him. Barak told her, I'll go, but only if you go with me. Very well, she replied, I'll go with you, but you'll receive no honour in this venture, for the Lord's victory over Sisera will be at the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. And at Kadesh, Barak called together the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali. And 10,000 warriors went up with him. Deborah also went up with him. Deborah is one of the great women of the Bible, a prophetess, a seer. She's got a track record for wisdom 
that gives her great influence. But this woman sees five things so differently to everybody around about her. And I believe that whether you are man or woman here, regardless of age or background, every one of us, myself included, can take a lesson out of this lady's life in how we see these five things that every single one of us, I promise, you will go, yep, that's around me right now. That's in my life. Yep, I need to hear that. I believe that God wants to speak something. I'm not here to preach a message that I cleverly put together. But uh, about a week and a half ago, very early in the morning, while it was still very dark, I woke up with a, a sentence burning in my mind and heart. And I felt the Lord say, that's a word for this day for you that are here. So I'd love to share that with you this morning. Feel free to make notes. The Scriptures will all come up on the screen there for you. Deborah is a seer. It's her job to see stuff and to see things that other people don't see. First of all, Deborah sees needs differently to the people around about her. 20 years these people have been oppressed and eventually they cry out to God. Now, the Bible doesn't record what they cried out, but if it's anything like all the other stuff the children of Israel normally cried out, it'll sound a bit like this. Why me? Why us? It's not fair. We're doomed. It's hopeless. We're never going to make it. Oh no, there's too many. These people saw need just with their natural eyes. But this woman, listen to it. She sees need as the doorway that answers in life. Listen, that's not just some kind of positive thinking message. Jesus said, knock and the door will get open to you. He said, seek and you will find. Find what? You'll find whatever you are looking for. He said, ask and keep on asking. It will get given to you. But so many people see need in terms of the size of it or the power of it. This woman saw need differently. She saw that no matter how big Sisera's army was or the implements of war that they happened to have made no difference to her. She looked at this whole thing and said, you know what? This is an opportunity for great honour and for a great victory to come our way. I actually think this woman has been waiting all this time for these people to so want change in their world and so that when they finally cry out to God, this woman's ready to act right there. I've had a saying that has guided my life for about the last 40 or so years and I want to give it to you this morning. I think about it whenever obstacles come, whenever great needs arise, and this is it, it's so simple. You're never helpless and it's never hopeless. You're never helpless. I know the feeling, as lots of you here would, of sitting in my study at home or your, your bedroom, your space, wherever you are, and feeling so helpless because so much is against you. But can I say to you this morning, regardless of the need that's around about you, write it down if it'll help you. You're never helpless. 
You are never without help. There cannot come a time. It is impossible for a Christian, a follower of Christ, a worshiper of God, a lover of the Word of God. It's impossible for you to get into a hopeless situation. It's impossible for you to ever be completely helpless. There's always something that I'm able to do. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians this, no temptation has taken you, but such as is common to man. And God will, with every single one of those, He will make a way of escape. Therefore, I know whether it's a family issue, whether it's a finance one, whether it's a health one, whether it's a job thing or whatever, I know there's always going to be an answer. And my need, all it does is provide a doorway to what God's going to do next on the other side. This woman sees need differently to everybody else around her. Here's the second thing. She sees difference differently. She sees difference differently to everybody else. You know what I love about this story? Is there's nothing in it of, oh yeah, but I'm a woman. Oh yeah, but you don't understand. Oh, you don't know where my background, you don't know where I've come from. I think a lot about our society and the way it's getting moulded and shaped and the way so many people are, are reaching for the tag of victim. And listen, I'm not here to say disregard it or that's not really a problem. I think I understand as well as most people would. I'm a pastor, I'm with people every day of my life. That's my life. And so I see the brokenness that can come and the damage that sometimes incredibly evil people can do to one another. But can I tell you that in, the, in spite of all of that, giving someone the tag of you're a victim will never help them to move forward. It doesn't set them free. Rather, it sets up whatever it is that happened as the power over them. And we are seeing across our world right now, in our society, we're seeing the, the divisions that many people see difference and the next step is division. So it's women against men. It's men against women. It's whatever colour against another colour. It's all kinds of stuff that's being portrayed to us and pitched to us. But I want you to hear something. This woman saw difference differently. She never regarded being a woman as an excuse, nor, listen to me, nor as a point to prove. Now, I realise someone's going to say, well, that's easy for you because you're a man. Well, I, I guess I can't help that. I can't help that I am. You know, I can't help I was born that way. I can't help any of that. But regardless of it, every single one of us will have a difference. No matter what it is, we, some of them are so minor. Like I've been afflicted since birth with sinisterism. And you say, what's that? Sinisterism. It's not, so it doesn't mean I'm bad. It means I was born left-handed. <laughs> Sinistere, the Latin for left. And so I was born with that. And, and so do you know how hard it is to write? Well, none of you know what a checkbook is anymore. Uh, a receipt book or to write with anything that smudges because you're left-handed. Come on, just, all the left-handers here, just come on, raise your hand. Oh, this church is a godly church. Hold them up. I'm so proud of you all. Oh, look, look give, they, give them a hand. They've triumphed. 
They've triumphed. Look at them all. About half of them on staff, because we have a joke running around now saying that we won't hire you on the staff unless you're a left-hander. We don't do, I want you upsetting the balance. Now, I know that that's silly, and I know it really doesn't matter much. But can I say to you that no matter what your difference is, never let your difference take the next step to division. Let your difference become a point of celebration. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28. Here's a verse for the ladies. Come on. Men start squirming. Because Galatians 3.28 says this, There is neither Jew nor Greek. All the Jews said, Amen. All the Greeks said, Ephatistol. That's thank you in Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now it's not saying there's no difference because obviously there is. And all the men said, thank God for that. No, that was your moment right there to look at your spouse or your mother or your sister and go, oh, thank God you don't look like me. Amen. I'll try it again. I'll give you opportunity here. Come on. Some of you here that haven't, you haven't kind of been nice to anyone around about you. This is your moment, right, ready? There's neither male nor female in Christ. But you know, that doesn't mean there's no difference. Thank God there is one. This is where you turn them and go, thank God. Come on, John. Turn to Maria there and just say, thank God you don't look like me. Amen. Because kissing you, oh, John. Oh. God bless you. The context of this Scripture is about being inheritors of the promises of God in Christ. That's the context. And it's saying when it comes to receiving from God, when it comes to walking with God, when it comes to the call of God, when it comes to God using you, there is neither male nor female in Christ Jesus. So ladies, believe to be everything you can be in God. Believe to receive every blessing available for you and your loved ones. See difference differently in Jesus' Name. Amen. Here's the third thing. She not only sees needs differently and difference differently, she sees obstacles differently. Judges chapter 4 and verse 3 says this, and verse 13, that there's, this guy's got 900 chariots of iron. And he's got a track record of unbelievable success. For 20 years, he's won every battle and beat them in every encounter. And so for 20 years, this guy has absolutely been nailing it. And here's the deal. Everybody else in Israel said, he's too big. It's too hard. There's too many of them. They're too powerful. Watch this. So nobody had ever tried. For 20 years, everyone just went, nah, can't, nah, wouldn't be able to, nah, can't make it, nah, nah, no point. And when, you know, whenever you get like that, whenever you get like that, you just won't try. She saw obstacles differently. She believed that the bigger the battle, the greater the victory that was going to come her way. So she saw 900 chariots of iron when the children of Israel, you know how many chariots they got? I'll give you a clue. It's a number less than one. Have you got it yet? Some of you, I can see it's just cranking along. 
You're kind of getting there going, number less than one. Was it 0.5 of a chariot? Well, that wouldn't be much help. Chariot with one wheel. What did you do? Well, we just went around in circles. So long as they come up close, we can get them. No, it wasn't like that at all. They've got zero. None are there. But this lady didn't look at it and go, oh, no. come on. Come on, lots of you here. I know you, many of you. Lots of you here. You've been through massive stuff, big things. And you've conquered those things. I put out on uh, Instagram the other day, my scars are not a sign of my struggles. They're a sign of my success. Huh? When I go back to the cancer ward and show them the scar from where the port was put in, I don't go, I'm embarrassed and hide it. I actually put it out there and point to it. One of the, the head nurse of it last time, time before last, I was back in there giving out chocolates. She said, can I tell you how much we appreciate you coming? She said, it does so much for these people to see somebody who was where they are and has come out the other side. Can I say to you this morning, come on, if you've been through a great big battle, can we just pause a little minute and say thank you to God that He brought us out the other side of what we were in, that we never got stuck. Can we just put, come on, can we just say, God, that's where I used to be. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, not lost now. Now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. So maybe you went through depression, but thank God you're coming out of that or you are out of that. Don't be embarrassed about that. The bigger the battle, the greater the victory. Thank God this church is full of people that are absolute trophy cabinets of all the stuff that God's done in their life. I never thought I'd succeed. I never thought I could finish university. I never thought I'd get that job. They told me that I would not be able to live. They told me that I wouldn't make it. They told me that my business was a dumb idea and would never get there. But here you are sitting there now and you get to look back and go, it was a battle and the obstacles were great. But thank God I never saw them as a problem that was gonna be my end. Rather, I saw them as a problem that was a about to become my new beginning in life. Thank God for that. In Jesus' name. I don't know about the rest of you here, but uh, I actually don't mind a bit of a battle. I kind of reckon that's kind of fun to win. How many people here like winning? Half of you. What are the rest of you like? <laughs> I like losing. You do? I don't. I don't like losing at anything. My wife used to complain to me that I never let the children win when we'd play games. I always said, but if I let them win, they never won. No, I wouldn't be too hard on them. But you know what? There really wouldn't be much joy, would there, in me getting one of the kids out of first steps, all the two years old, getting them up here and say. Pastor Jeff wants an arm wrestle. Yeah, and little David McCraw gets up here, foot tapping. I'd have to get him to take his guitar off first. If you've seen him, Jeremy was up here. It's his son, Natalia's son. He's a, just a great little muso already. But can you imagine, wouldn't, I, wouldn't it be dumb if I went around chest thumping, going like, hey, look what I just took down. Eat that, eat that. Eat that. Ha, ha, ha. 
you would go, no, he ain't that. You are. <laughs> huh? And the reality is, some of us here, we're going to have big battles. But you know what? Big battles mean big victories. Amen? Huh? Huh? Beating a toddler is no cause for joy. <laughs> On the other hand, if I was to get Jonathan Ranolo up here, world CrossFit champion for his age, he's here somewhere this morning, I think, down, downstairs in, in kids' ministry. If I was to get him, he can literally lift my weight above his head. Yeah, and, and that's my weight now, not when I was four. Now, if I took him on, and if I won, oh, you better believe next Sunday I'm out here. <laughs> I, I've got the T-shirt printed. I took down Jonathan Ranola. World, world CrossFit what? I'm out there. I've got the T-shirt. I've got the badge. It's going to be all over Instagram. It's all over Twitter. It's totally out there. I might even join Facebook for a day just to put it out there. Big battle. She saw obstacles differently. Here's number four. She saw her resources differently. Judges chapter 4, verse 12, when Sisera was told that Barak, son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, he called for all 900 of his iron chariots. He said, come on, guys, let's go kill a few Israelites. Come on, we've done it before, let's belt them again. And all of his warriors, woo None of them even bothered warming up. They said, we don't need warming up for Israelites. We've been flogging them for 20 years. It's kind of like Queensland versus New South Wales. Woohoo! We don't even need to warm up for that. Hello? Bring on your under 16, whatever. I rebuke that. That's a terrible thing to say to your pastor in the middle of his preaching. What about last year? For the former things have passed away. Behold, I make all things new. That's Jesus. Amen. So, now listen, if you're a guest here this morning, you might be going, is this guy for real? Is this really church? Yep, I'm ordained seven times. I'm like fully, totally ordained. I just, when you get to heaven, do you think it's going to be boring? You're going to get to heaven and go, oh my God, I would have got here quicker if I knew it was this much fun. I reckon some people are going to die, walk through the pearly gates, see the incredible party going on and go, oh no, I've died and gone to the wrong place. Because they all, I've heard them, they all go like, nah, I'm going to be down, yeah, in hell, I'm going to find. I know you ain't. Heaven's where the party is, amen. The father's house, the eldest son heard the sound of music and of dancing. And he got offended by everybody else's joy. And I've got time to preach that one, but it'll have to wait. Amen. Anyway, where was I up to? Verse 15, when Barak attacked the Lord, everyone say the Lord. The Lord threw Sisera and all his chariots and warriors into a panic. Sisera leapt down from his chariot and escaped on foot. Then Barak chased the chariots and the enemy army all the way to Harosheth Hagoyim. 
killing all of Sisera's warriors. Not a single one was left alive. She saw her resources very differently than everybody else. They all saw 900 chariots, 10,000 men. They had nowhere near that. But here's the, the crux of this. When they acted, God moved. Verse 15, I read it to you. The Lord threw Sisera and all his chariots and warriors into a panic. It wasn't enough, which is why they'd never tried before. But when they asked, God moved. Truth is you and God are always a majority. Never look at your resources without God. Look at what can happen if you bring your abilities and your dreams to a great and powerful God. Here's number five, fifth one, because she sees needs differently and so do we need to. She sees difference differently, so do we need to. She saw obstacles differently, that's what we need to do. She saw her resources differently. Number five, she sees leadership differently. The fact of the matter is everyone's a leader. I don't think leaders are born or made in the sense most people talk about it. I think every leader's born because everyone's born to be one. No matter who you are, you're an example to somebody. There's somebody watching you. There's somebody thinking about what you're doing. Every one of us is an example of someone. She goes, listen, she goes with them and fearful and broken people get a victory because one woman said, let me show you what it looks like. Let me show you what bravery and courage looks like. And she stepped out of the darkness and out of the history and all the times of oppression. She stepped out and said, this is what it looks like. And isn't it amazing? Everybody else got courage. Huh? Are you living a life with that kind of example of courage? A week and a half ago, I woke up still dark. I don't really know what time it was. But it was just one thought as clear as if I'd been awake for hours. In across my mind, I saw this sentence and I heard the Lord say this, tell the women it's time to rise up. Tell the women it's time to rise up. Don't allow whatever your background is to tell you you can't. Decide, come tonight to the panel. You'll hear some amazing stories. It's time to rise up. On the 26th of August, 1910, Anjes was born in Skopje. It's now the capital, I think, of Northern Macedonia. But it's not a very big place and she didn't come from a wealthy or a well-known family. Matter of fact, her family were incredibly poor. When she was 12 years old, something happened inside her. She felt moved, even though she knew nobody in her world that had ever stepped out of that kind of environment. They'd lived all their life there. Her family were terribly poor. She knew no one with resources, no one with an education much at all, apart from a couple of years of primary school. But she felt moved and, and felt that God was marking her for something significant in life. She went to her local church, spoke to the minister in charge and told him the story about what had happened to her. He looked at her and with blind eyes, because he was definitely not a seer, he looked at her and said, don't be stupid, Ajnes. He said, go home, help your mum. 
Look after your brothers and sisters and stop dreaming these silly dreams. But you know, like a lot of things that God does, it just wouldn't leave her. The call didn't dissipate, it didn't wane, it actually got stronger. When she was 19, she went back again. Now with more clarity, she said, I believe God wants me to help the poor. They looked at her and said, what have you got? You've got nothing. She applied to the denomination and said, will you train me and let me go to reach the poor? They said, don't be stupid. What could you do? You're a girl. You've got no background. You've got little education. What could you possibly do? But you know, that woman persevered. She had a million dreams. She kept going with her million dreams. I want to show you one photo of her funeral. I tried to get a photo that showed the entire crowd, but you can't get one. There are so many people. That's her casket and all the hands. Here's another photo I didn't put up for you for sake of time, but it shows kings and queens and princes and presidents, prime ministers and leaders of industry and every other area that gathered together to farewell Ajnes because when she died, she was no longer little poor Ajnes, the little Albanian girl. She's Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa had a million dreams. Everyone said, you're helpless. But she saw need differently. She went to one of the poorest countries of the world, to India, where everybody had given up and just stepped over the bodies and said, there's nothing anyone can do. She saw her difference. It didn't matter to her whether she was male or female. She knew something in God. She saw obstacles because nobody was going to help her. There's a famous story about her badgering the mayor of New York. I think it was Rudy Giuliani at the time, telling him that she wanted him to give her a building for free. Do you know when she died, all she owned was her Bible and her sari and nothing else. But listen to me, it's not what you end up with, it's what you did with what you had while you were there. Team, please come. She saw her resources differently to everybody else. She definitely saw leadership differently. One of the most beautiful quotes I've ever heard was her talking about how when she cradled a person dying of AIDS in her hands, people that were, it's not pleasant. When I was in Cambodia earlier this year, last year, someone asked me to go and pray for a man with AIDS. I don't think I'd ever seen anybody apart from in a Western hospital. And here's a man lying on a stretcher covered in sores. And I sat there and held his hand. And I felt privileged that someone gave me an opportunity to pray with someone with that much need. Prayed that God would heal him. She said when she cradled these people dying of age, she said, I look at them and I see the face of Jesus. Talk about being a seer. Can I say to you, if you're a woman here, you're not just a mum. You're not just a wife. You're not just a single woman. You're not just a grandma. You're not just a, you're not just a anything. It's time for the women to rise up into what God has called them to be. Not the mold the world wants to put you in. Go out and prove something. You don't got nothing to prove. 
only a saviour to honour. Amen. A million dreams. I reckon for most people, all it takes is one. But just one good one. One that grips their heart. I was telling someone during the week when I first met Jeremy. Here he is out here. He's now our director of strategy, our operator. I give him six titles. I hope they'll all cover it. Our financial analyst, our whatever, our creative ministries pastor. But when I first met him, he was serving coffees in the cafe. I just went up and said hello. Didn't know who he was. Didn't know about his background and all the stuff that he'd done. But see, he started somewhere with just a dream saying, God, let me be useful. Amen. Just let me be useful. And God honoured that. And God opened doors that have been incredible. and Been a blessing to so many. And certainly to us. What can you do with one dream? Forget about a million. Just grab one and run with that in Jesus' name. Bow your head with me a moment. Just right where you are. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your goodness and Your grace to every single one of us. I thank You, Jesus, that You never stand on the outside looking in like a spectator would. But rather You want to come inside. You said in Your Word that You stand at the door of our life and You knock. Because You want to come in. You don't want to stand outside. You don't want to wait until we've got the house fixed. You want to come into our life. I thank You, Holy Spirit, that You're going to help us here today. You already are. I'd love to pray for you this morning. Just my head's about, eyes are closed. Maybe you're here today and you say to me, Jeff, I don't really know God or I'm not walking with God. I wish I was. Why don't you take the first step today? The first step would be a step just saying, Jesus, I need you in my life. Would you help me? I'd love to help you pray that prayer this morning. No matter who you are, where you are, you might regularly go to church or maybe you've never been in your life. Maybe today's the first time. That's all right. This is not about recruiting church members. This is about seeing people open their life up for a spiritual encounter with the living Christ. And if that's you here this morning, you say, Jeff, I'm, I, I don't know Jesus or Jeff, I'm not walking with God. Would you just do one thing for me right now? Do it for yourself. Would you just slip your hand up and say, that's me. Would you pray for me? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to help you just wherever you are. Just put it up right now. I've been praying for you all week long. I believe that today can be your day. Thank you right up the back. God bless you. Who else, wherever you are, you say, that's me. That's me. Join that person this morning. You say, yep, that's me. I want to open the door to Jesus. I want to say yes to Him. Maybe you've been to this church a bunch of times, but you've never taken the step. Why don't you do that right now? I'd love to pray with you. Just so I look across, I'm not here to sweat this out. I'm here to give you an opportunity to say yes to Christ. Is there anybody else who wants to join that person before we pray? Be my joy, my absolute joy to pray with you. Thank you over there. God bless you. Just so I look across the building. Thank you. I see. Yeah. Anybody else? Beautiful. Then we're going to pray this prayer just where you are, like I promised. I want you to pray this prayer. Just say these words after me. Lots of people will be praying it with you because they want to encourage you in this moment. Say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, thank You for dying for me. Thank You for loving me. I need You. Come into my life. Amen. Amen. That's all it takes. Father, thank You for those people. 
Others, Lord, that may be sitting there that said that prayer and meant it. Lord, would you help them today? Oh, you've got such a great life that you want them to be a part of. I thank you for the doors you'll open for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give those people a great big hand. Come on. About a year and a bit ago, we started Yes Text as a way for people to get discipleship happening in their life. Basically, it's on this card. If you text YES, Y-E-S, to 0488-826-392, then tomorrow morning at seven o'clock or the next day after, whenever it is that you do that, you'll get a Scripture comes from us here, uh, a Scripture out of the Bible, along with a short prayer that you can pray and make yours. It'll fit on one screen of your smartphone. And you'll get that every morning for the next 30 days unless you opt out of it. It doesn't come from overseas. It's not somewhere else. It's us. We send that to you. I have heard so many stories of people telling me that it profoundly impacted them, that it seemed to them like every day God was speaking to them. I've heard that so many times. I'd love you to do it. Maybe you lifted your hand or maybe you didn't. You can still do it. Or you can go online and do it that way. Or you can go out to the Connect Hub. Go out to them out there and all you got to do is say, look, I prayed the prayer or I want to know Jesus. They'll help you with that. And that'd be awesome. Absolutely awesome. Amen.